By the time you hear this podcast, you'll stop your girlfriend from singing over Chuck Berry. Um, as much as people talk about the Beatles and how great their music is, was, whatever you want to say, I totally agree with them. I think they're the greatest band of all time. But I have to be honest with you, John Lennon and Paul McCartney redefined Pussy Whipped. You have to watch this fucking video. It's John Lennon is singing with Chuck Berry. Chuck Berry is probably one of the main reasons why John Lennon, Lennon ever picked up a guitar. So now he's on TV. He gets to play with his idol. They're playing uh, Chuck Berry's hit Memphis. Okay, John Lennon's got Yoko in his fucking band. They're in the middle of singing this song on television. And they're killing it. It's going great. Yoko's playing some stupid fucking drum. And even though she has no fucking talent whatsoever, he's putting her in the fucking band just so she'll shut the fuck up and stop nagging him because he's too much of a fucking pussy to tell her that she has no talent. All right? The only reason why you're here, Yoko, is because you're sucking my dick. All right? No, you can't play the bongos. But anyway, she's up there playing the bongos, right? So John Lennon, Chuck Berry. Two of the greats of all time, harmonizing, singing this hit from the 1950s. That's what this moment's about. And Yoko, in the middle of it, can't handle that she's not getting any shine. She takes the fucking microphone out of the stand, starts playing the bongo. And as they're singing, you know, go, go, Johnny, go, whatever. She picks up the mic and I swear to God goes, yeah, 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 some fucking crazy shit. And you see Chuck Berry's eyes fucking open as wide as they are. And, and it's that it's that fucking look. Dude, you ever have like a buddy of yours and he's 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 dating some fucking psycho, but he's in love with her, so you can't fucking say anything, and you're just sitting there waiting for the fucking lightning bolt to hit your friend in the head where he finally realizes that he's dating a psycho cunt. Chuck Berry had that look on his face. Dude, I'm not even like I'm not even exaggerating. She, yeah, yeah, that's what the fuck she did. And Chuck Berry's like, what the fuck? And it's kind of like, John, that's your woman get her in line and John Lennon does not even fucking he doesn't even blink he just he just keeps playing and then she does it again later on in that song and then you look at all the other musicians and they, they just keep playing the song like Yoko isn't even fucking there and uh, I actually get infuriated when I watch this video the fact that John didn't just stop playing in that moment and what he should have done was dressed her down Right there. It's like, fine, you want to have a fucking moment? This is your moment. If you ever fucking do that again, I will slap you so fucking hard in the head, your eyes are going to look like mine. Do you understand me? You play that fucking bongo, and you shut your face. You look like that bitch who crawled out of the fucking well and ring. You understand me? I don't even know why I'm fucking you. I could be fucking anybody. You can't play the pong bongos. You can't sing. Shut your fucking face. And then he just walks back up to the mic and just counts the band back in. Right? Isn't that what the fuck you should have done? <laughs> Welcome to Man. By the Time You Hear This Podcast. I'm Greg. I'm Ben. That was <laughs> that was probably the most interesting intro we've done. Yeah. Compliments <laughs> of Bill Burr. Thank you. Thank you to Bill Burr. Shout out to Bill Burr. Um for giving his insight about a clip I had never seen before. <laughs> <laughs> but it was brilliantly analyzed. Oh yes. Oh yes. <laughs> All right, so um Everyone who has been uh, uh, listening and downloading our podcast or watching on Facebook Live, um, thank you very much. We definitely appreciate yeah. it. I know this is, we're kind of just popping up and getting this out on Facebook Live. Uh, there's probably no one watching right now, but that's okay. 
because you'll be able to watch later. Right? Yeah, yeah. Time shifting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, if you are watching this on Facebook Live, thank you very much. Uh, share it. Tell your friends about it. And, of course, you have found our Facebook page. And if somehow your friends don't understand where the Facebook page is, then go to Facebook.com slash by the time you hear this. Uh, spelled with the word you that is also our uh, our website by the time you hear this dot com spelled with the word you if you want to get with us on Instagram or on Instagram at by the time you hear this on uh, Instagram spelled with the letter you because we're upstanding yes we are and not under the influence of foreign powers mm, yes indeed and that is also the spelling for our email address. By the time you hear this at gmail.com, you can send us your comments, questions, concerns, show ideas. If you're an independent artist, we'll play your music for free. Yeah. And <laughs> if you want to listen to us on the go, as most podcasts are listened to, you can listen to us. If you have an iPhone, you can go on the Apple podcast app. If you have an Android phone, you can go on the Google music app. And if you like using other apps in which podcasts can be listened to, we are on Tune in, and I'm going to pull up the rest of the list because I'm cheating. <laughs> um, is that an ice cream truck? Probably. Makes oh. some ice cream. <laughs> um, you can listen to us on uh, Tune In. Uh, we're on Podomatic, of course. Uh, Castbox, Satchel Podcast Player, Overcast, Auto Radio. And if you want to search for podcast uh, based on their show notes, you can find us on listennotes.com. Our last episode, we talked about bands that were successful after changing their sound. Um, we, I titled it, uh, You Will Record That Thing You Do in Spanish. Spanish yeah. <laughs> <It's> awesome. <laughs> so if you search that title, you'll find us. And the previous episode, we talked about uh, Trevor Horn. Or no, we talked about K-pop. K-pop, yeah. The K-pop, dark world of K-pop. The dark world of K-pop. So if you search K-pop, you, uh, you should find us. And before that, we talked about Trevor Horn. Mm-hmm. So if you search him and before that, we talked about uh, Tony, 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 Sons of Soul. So um, this is episode 89. So there are 88 episodes worth of podcasts that you can listen to if you want to binge mm-hmm. listen. Um, that's a really long time. That'll, yeah. that'll take it'll be a couple days. At yeah. least. So <laughs> but um, thank you to everyone who's listened so far. And that's where you can find us. All right, so let's get into the show here, man. Um, the VMAs are still a thing. Yeah. We're talking about the Video Music Awards. Uh, we have talked about before how this was. This used to be a big deal as far as um, you could be validated as an artist if you put out a good visual. Yeah. Um, a good short film. And won an award for it. And won an award. Get some shine. Get in with the young people. Um, at this point, it's almost kind of like, is it a, is it's a relic? I mean, you could almost yeah. call this the YouTube music awards, honestly, yeah, pretty much. Cause that's where the, most of the views are going to come from. Yeah. Um, so we'll look at, uh, some of the nominees here, video of the year, some very interesting nominees. We have Camila Cabello featuring young thug, uh, sorry, the artist formerly known as fifth harmony. You haven't said her name in a while. Have you? <laughs> uh, the Carters for, for ape shit. They, I, because I think I think the deadline is still like June something, yeah, like June. Because um, theirs happens like around like Labor Day or right? something. Uh, August twentieth, twentieth. So the end of February, yeah, it's close. Okay. So like, I think like the last week of June is like the cutoff date. Mm. Um, 
We also have The Threat for This is America. Mm-hmm. Um, the Perpetual Kentucky Recruit for God's Plan. The Strongest Ponytail in the Game for <laughs> No Tears Left to Cry. So, uh, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Some more. And some more. Uh, Pete featuring Love and Hip Hop Legend right. Cardi B for the Finesse Remix. So how many of these videos have you seen? I have seen the only ones I haven't seen are No Tears Left to Cry, and I actually have not watched God's Plan. Me either. I have not seen. I have not seen. Uh, I've seen the other ones. Yeah. Um, Havana had um, a Vine star slash Instagram comedian Laylee Pons, who is uh, critically panned by most people who appreciate comedy. <laughs> The sheets of the video. I haven't seen that one. I haven't seen No Tears. Although I heard No Tears the other day, which is pretty good. I've seen Finesse. I have not seen Ape Shit. I don't want to, really. Um, seen This in America many times. have not seen God's Plan. No. Yeah. Uh, artist of the Year. We have the artist formerly known as Fifth Harmony. Uh, the Love and Hip Hop Legend. The Perpetual Kentucky Recruit. The Strongest Ponytail in the Game. Sirius Malone and Pete. All right. And song of the year. What are you Grammys now? What is this? Yeah, what the what is going on? Why are they doing a song of the year? Is it, it, it oh, whatever? It looks like it's the same song. Well, there's a one. Okay, there's two uh, new ones in there. Dua Lipa for New Rules. Um, Post Malone featuring Twenty One Savage. Excuse me, Sirius Malone featuring uh, Nine Plus Ten Savage <laughs> <laughs> for Rockstar and the most influential artist in Black music. Perfect, which he might not even get any money off of. No, man's gonna be broke. <laughs> uh, there's best new artists. Uh, the only one I've heard well, who I've heard heck? of Cardi B and Lil Pump. Who's Bozzy? I don't know who Bozzy is, or is it Bazzy? <laughs> oh, he's the one, he has a song called Mine. And uh, if you're the Spice Adams, mm mm. Uh, he's a former NFL player, but he does like Instagram sketches. Oh, okay. And he did a song based off of Bazzy's song called Fries. And he talked about getting some Chick-fil-A waffle fries. It's, it's pretty funny. You check that out. Is this turning into that scene from Family Guy where they're showing the VMAs or whatever, the Teen Choice Awards? It's just a bunch of artists that they made up. Probably. Like, I feel like this is what this is becoming. Like, I do a music podcast for Crying Out Loud. I've never heard of. Well, I've heard of Kaylee Kiyoko only because she was in a Disney movie, but Chloe X. Holly? Chloe and Holly. Those are uh, is these two sisters. Um, they're on Beyonce's imprint if okay. she has one. She discovered them, or at least that's what her fans will say. I've heard of uh, Lil Pump and Lil Uzi Vert. I'll say, is one, isn't one of them dead? But that's that's someone else. That's XXX. A Lil Peep. A Lil Peep is dead, isn't he? Yeah. Okay. Um, hmm. Yeah. So. What is Push Artist of the Year? I don't know. We're too old for this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, even though Childish Gambino's uh, video is nominated for Best for Video of the Year, it is not nominated for Best Hip Hop Video. I don't think it's nominated for anything else. I saw best choreography. Let's see here. And uh video with a message. That's a thing. Okay. That, yeah. Walk video. Okay. So yeah, video with a message. Cinematography. Yeah. Direction. Editing. Yeah. Our direction. 
So best direction and best art direction. Art direction. Um, choreography, best editing, and that is it. So it could win any of those awards, but it won't go to him. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, I remember they had like, what are their retired awards? Uh, alternative video, artist website, concept video, um, monster single of the year, MTV two award. Oh yeah. When MTV even that, nah, I can't talk right now. MTV two is a thing. R and B best R and B video that, that is no longer an award. Was it just best urban video now? They go pop rock, hip hop. And is this best dance video? Yeah. And dance. Hmm. So, um, Aaron, if you're listening, R and B, R and B is dead. According to MTV. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, ringtone of the year. Remember ringtones were a big deal. Yes. I I do remember if you could get a popular ringtone, you could feed your family. (laughs) (laughs) Soldier boy. Uh, (laughs) Uh, stage performance, uh, video game soundtrack, video from a film, uh, viewers choice award, Breakthrough long form video. Didn't um, Sam Romanek win that once? I don't know. Probably. Let's see. Breakthrough long form video. Uh, it's only been awarded twice. 1991 Madonna's The Immaculate Collection and Beyonce's Lemonade. Oh, yeah. there you go. And there was also the uh, Video Vanguard Award. Who is that I going to this year? Yeah. Let's see. It is. It has not been announced. It was pink last year. Okay. It was pink last year. Yep. I think we talked about that because we felt pretty old when they did that. Uh, who do you think it would be? I don't know. I don't know who else they give it to. Like Rihanna, Kanye West, Beyonce, Justin Timberlake, Britney Spears, Hype Williams, our previous winners. Mark Romanek won that award. That, okay. Um, I don't who know. could it be? Bruno Mars? No, Bruno Mars. His videos aren't that. No, I'm saying oh, like, who could win the Video Vanguard Award? Did someone just say Bruno Mars? Oh, I thought someone said in the chat. I was oh like, what? no, no. Um, uh, maybe. Did he give it to another director? I think the only person it could go to. Let me see if I can. Joseph Kahn. <laughs> Does he still make videos? Okay, I think it's going to go to somebody like Lady Gaga. Yeah, I don't see her Because it's got to be somebody who's made memorable videos, which is hard to do. Nowadays, yes. Yeah. Um, Could be Taylor Swift. And Kanye West presents it. <laughs> Just like she presented his. <laughs> she did present his? Yeah, presented by Taylor Swift. That was when he announced that he was run for president in 2020. Oh, wow. He did. Yeah. yeah. Still waiting to see if he does it. It could be Taylor Swift. Uh, someone who wasn't nominated uh, at all on here is the fake news of pop music. Zero nominations. Because her videos are pretty trashy. Well, not trashy. They're pretty trash. Tell I us thought, those look, videos look are what trash. you made me do might be on here. Oh, it was nominated for best visual effects. That's the best she could get. And best editing. 
So, oh, it's also not for best art direction. I just skimmed through all of that. Uh, so it got three. What you made me do. Look what you made me do. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, uh, who's hosting? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Host. If there is one. But it's like Jimmy Fallon. I don't know. <laughs> no. Um, it doesn't say. It does not. Well, I mean, I'm just wondering, like, no one really gets this channel. Who hosted anymore. it last year? No, Was it Kevin Hart? Well, that sounds like it could be. Like, that just sounds like it could be right. It really sounds like it could be right. And I can't find. It can't be Tiffany Haddish. She just hosted the TV and movie awards. And it can't be. Um... Uh, so last year. Really? Katy Perry? Katy Perry hosted it last year. Uh, uh, the year before that, it says N.A. The other Miley one Cyrus. did not seem to be a host. Oh, is that the one where uh, Nicki Minaj is? What's good, Miley? What's good, Miley? What's good, Miley? Mm. Oh, that was 2015, with, hosted by Miley Cyrus. Yeah, 2012 was the last time Kevin Hart hosted. Uh, 2014, not an official host. Uh, 2013, not an official host. There might not be a host this year. So they just, yeah, 2012 was Kevin Hart. 2011, not an official host. Crap, Chris and 2010 was Chelsea times. Handler. Yeah, that, that's, that's a joke. <laughs> Chris Rock hosted three times. That's when they were trying to get somebody or every time he didn't host the Oscars, they got him. Like, I, I do remember, though, 1997, when he first hosted it, he was really good. So I was happy when they brought him back. I didn't but see him in 2003. That, that was a different time, Ben. That was a time when it mattered. Yeah, it was. Because <laughs> they did the, um, they had him come up there with, I think it was the one in 99, with Kid Rock. He's like, Chris Rock. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, there was, that was an awesome That might have been uh, 99. Because I know there was one to where uh, Kid Rock performed with Aerosmith. Ooh, and they were doing yeah. Walk This Way. Mm-hmm. And it was just this really cool thing that Steven Tyler and, and Kid Rock are in front of the stage and they like toss their mic to each other. I do remember that. Yes. It's like, God. this is, this is lame. And, and, and everyone thinks it's cool. At the I same thought it was time. the coolest thing ever. And I'm about to Google it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I forgot they Kid did Rock do that. And, and Steven Tyler were throwing their mics at each other. And, and switching mics between lines. I guess good thing that they caught him because oh, that would have been bad. <laughs> it would have been terrible if they hit the ground. Just, was like, oh, All the feedback. <laughs> yeah, that was 1999. That was 1999. Oh, good. All right, good memory. Uh, yeah. So uh, the VMAs, where uh, the awards are made up and the trophies don't matter. <laughs> okay, so let you carry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get to uh let's get to these charts. Um so last week um the charts came out on I feel like they came out on Saturday or Sunday before uh after we did our last show. Mm-hmm. Um so number 1 
it, uh, last week was Nice For What by the Perpetual Kentucky Recruit. And with Drake's album coming out, uh, he had seven of the top ten songs. So I'll just leave it at that. So Nice For What was number one Boy, killing it. last week. And let's pull up this week. Um, number one is Because of the Internet in my feelings. <laughs> so everyone doing the uh the Shiggy challenge or do the Shiggy. It's just the Shiggy dance or the in my feelings challenge and uh you're asking Kiki if she loves you. So is Kiki from the song or something? Yeah. I need to listen that, to the that's song. That's the that's the that's the chorus of the song like Kiki, do you love me? Oh, okay. Um it started with uh the Shiggy show. Uh he's a comedian on Instagram, I guess you'd say. Um, and he just did a dance to the song and put the hashtag do the shiggy oh. in my feelings challenge. And it is like taking over America as, as many things do. Um, Odell Beckham jr. Has done it. Oh, um, I think Sierra's done it. Uh, Will Smith. I, I posted on Instagram. Okay. Will Smith did That's it. what he was doing. Yeah. I didn't watch the whole video cause I thought he was, Doing like stunts. It's like, why is he going to the top of a bridge? Get down. <laughs> He's in Budapest and gets on top of this this bridge and with a drone. <laughs> and I was like, okay, like we can stop now. No one else is doing stunts to do this dance. So, um, looks so dangerous. <laughs> a lot of people have been, it's it's been catching on. So I think that that's what led to it being number one essentially. So basically, we, we're seeing. Um, what happened to Black Beatles again? Yeah, yeah. What was that one called? Uh, I can't remember. The mannequin Challenge. The Mannequin Challenge. Mannequin we're seeing challenge. the Mannequin. So we're seeing the Mannequin Challenge happen again, only with... When did that song come out, Black Beatles? Was that 2017 or 2016? Black Beatles was 2016. Early 2017. Yeah, okay. Shrim Life 2. Okay. Yeah, September thirteenth, twenty sixteen, and then the mannequin challenge happened, and yeah. All right, so the rest of the list, uh, I like it by the Love and Hip Hop Legend, featuring Bad Bunny and J Balvin. Number three, Adam and the Levines, Girls Like You, featuring the Love and Hip Hop Legend. Number four, Nice for What by the Perpetual Kentucky Recruit. Number five, Boot Up by LMA. I so I heard them pronounce it. They pronounce it LMI. So I don't know. I've heard, I've heard it both ways. Okay, I don't know. On TV, so I don't know. These people, somebody better ask her. <laughs> She's British, so it might be, she might be saying like, May. And they're my. like, we can't understand you. <laughs> it's just my, May, my. Um, uh, number six, God's Plan by the Perpetual Kentucky Recruit. Number seven, Lucid Dreams by Juice World. Number eight, No Tears Left to Cry by The Strongest Ponytail in the Game. Number nine, Psycho by Sirius Malone featuring Ty Dolla Sign. And number 10, Sad by XXXTentacion. So we'll get to the Billboard 200. Top 10 album. I'm sure number one is Scorpion. Why did they change the format of the page? Like, it looks weird. Uh, yeah, this was not necessary. Um... the rest will come up here number one is scorpion 
by the Perpetual Kentucky Recruit. Number two, Beer Bongs and Bentleys by Sirius Malone. Debuting at number three, Beast Mode 2 by Future. I didn't know it was Beast Mode 1. I didn't know that. Number four, Question Mark by Tentacion. Number five, Invasion of Privacy by the Love and Hip Hop Legend. Number six, Goodbye and Good Riddance by Juice World. Number seven, The Greatest Showman soundtrack. Hmm. Didn't scream at once. <laughs> it's weird. Number eight, Everything is Love by the Carters, which uh, may flop in comparison to their previous projects. Mm-hmm. Number nine, Legends of the Summer, an EP by Meek Mill. Number 10, Harder Than Ever by Lil Baby. Who's this? Uh, a rapper that Drake co-signed because he oh. did a song with him. I think he did Yes Indeed and then Look Alive as Black Boy JB. So that got his song in the top 10 and his album because oh Drake co-signed it. Oh, boy. Gotcha. All right. Way to go, Drake. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, can you pull up the artist? 100? Yeah. I feel like this just this uh, uh, the perpetual Kentucky recruit is, of course, number and one. Number one. Yeah, he put out an album, mm-hmm. number one song. There you go. Number two is Mr. Sirius Malone. Mm. Do um, you take him seriously yet? Um, when he starts bathing, okay. I'll take him seriously. <laughs> yes. Number three is we're still kind of worried about them, but not as much mm. as we used to be. Uh, number four, XXX Tentacion. Number five, the retired, unretired, we're waiting for the trailer, 2K Legends. <laughs> number six. Love and Hip Hop Legend Cardi B. Um, number seven, Adam and the Levines. Hmm. Number eight, maybe because of her tour. I don't know. Fake news of pop music. Number nine, <laughs> the Nickelback of country music. And number ten, uh, the most important, uh, the most influential artist in black music. Hmm. Soon to be the most sued artist <laughs> in music. <laughs> you might have to change that. <laughs> the most sued artist in pop music. Yeah. Um, my God. I hope he's got a good legal team, man. They're yeah. just coming left and right. All right. So those are the charts. Um, all right. So we talked about a couple of months ago. Well, actually, yeah, it was before Easter, at least, that uh, John Legend would be playing Jesus in Jesus Christ Superstar and that he was an Emmy away from an EGOT. He has been nominated for an Emmy. For best, uh, I believe it's best performance in a limited series or movie. Um, let me second to pull it up. But he has been nominated. Yeah, lead actor in the limited series slash movie, Jesus Christ Superstar. Uh, who else is nominated? Um, in that category, um, I don't even know if this is the. Yeah, this is. Because I believe he is in it to win it. Yeah, so we got Jeff. Dan- Ooh, Jeff Daniels. <laughs> Jeff Daniels in The Looming Tower. Antonio Banderas in Genius. Benedict Cumberbatch in, and Patrick Melrose. Um, Darren Criss, The Assassination of Giovanni Versace, Gianni Versace. Um, Jesse Plemons, USS Callister. And John Legend, uh, Jesus Christ Superstar, live in concert. So yeah, uh, Antonio Banderas played Pablo Picasso. Okay. Uh, Darren Chris is Andrew Kananen, the guy who assassinated Versace. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Jeff Daniels is John O'Neill, who is um, he was a counterterrorism expert hmm. uh, who died in the September 11th attacks. He's good. And Jesse Plemons, uh, USS Callister is from uh, it was the fourth episode of Black Mirror this okay. past season of Black Mirror. This is this is a very good field here. <laughs> yeah. Um although I've not seen The Looming Tower, but I was watching a Watch Mojo in which they stated that Jeff Daniels um was one of the I think he was the tenth best actor to never have been nominated for an Academy Award on their mm. list. I I just assumed he had been. Because <laughs> he's no. so versatile. Jeff so. Bridges has and he has won one, but not Jeff Daniels. Hmm. I feel like he's been trying to make up for doing dumb and dumber. Uh, the second one. Oh, I need to do the second one. Dumb and well, Dumb and Dumber two. Dumb and Dumberer. I'm thinking of the prequel. Dumb and Dumber two was the prequel. Dumb and Dumberer was the yeah. I I mean I watched it. It's basically it's almost like a rehash of the first movie, mm. which I didn't mind because I love the first movie. But <laughs> yeah, it's pretty weird. Um, <clears throat> there's nothing. Uh, well, there was a there was a couple of other. Um, couple other nominees from that um uh, brandon victor dixon played judas iscariot he is nominated for outstanding supporting actor in a limited series of movie sarah Bareilles, who played mary magdalene oh she was in that yeah she has been nominated and the uh broadcast itself is nominated for outstanding directing for a limited series movie or dramatic special. That's David Laveau and Alex Radzinski. And, uh, that's all their nominations. So congratulations to, um, the cast and crew of Jesus Christ Superstar live in concert. Sounds and, like did well. uh, mm-hmm. here, uh, here's hoping that John legend gets that EGOT. He probably won't not for this, <laughs> but, but, uh, it's possible. It, I, he's he's very close. It's, I think it's it's going to happen one day at least, if not this time. Um, so uh, Ben, uh, let me know about this uh, before we started recording. Um, a song by Guns N' Roses called "November Rain" has made history. Well, it's hard to hold a candle in the cold <laughs> November. <rain. laughs> so yeah, Guns N' Roses became so not only from the 20th century but it is now the oldest music video to reach 1 billion YouTube views. And like you said, who is watching who's this watching, video? Who's watching this one in particular? Yeah, like there's not Welcome to the Jungle, not Sweet Child of Mine, November Rain, which is I think their longest video. <laughs> yeah. So you're watching their, you've watched their longest video one billion times, Earth. <laughs> like I just, that's yeah. So, um, let me see here. So, 26 years after Guns N' Roses first released the music video, the clip has made some YouTube history. Nine minute, the nine minute music video is the first one from the pre YouTube era to ever reach one billion views on the video platform. Um, the other 46 videos that have at least 1 billion YouTube views were all released within the past decade, but November rain, um, is long past its 1992 arrival date. So geez, man, that's so long ago. 1992. What I'm curious about the, the audience. So it says here, let's see interest in the song and its accompanying video peaked in part two, their tour 
of South America. According to YouTube, 83% of November rain viewership in 2018 came outside of the U.S. with Brazil at 69 million. Mexico at 66 million. So I guess maybe they're like, we got to learn the songs. <laughs> so if they went on tour uh, during that time, yes, people discovered something pretty late. So that's, well, you think that's a, uh, uh, I don't know if you ever watched How I Met Your Mother, mm -mm. but one of the characters who are, uh, for people who watched it, Robin, was a former pop star in oh, the okay. vein of Alanis Morissette. Yeah, in Canada. Alanis right. Morissette before she came to America. Yeah, go she look was that like, up. <laughs> she was Canadian Janet Jackson, yeah. basically. And um, But the ages of the characters on the show, this would have been like the mid nineties mm -hmm. <laughs> where she was a pop star yeah. and she, and the, but the song sounds very eighties. Yeah. I was like, about going to the mall, right? Yeah. Okay. She was like, yeah, the eighties didn't come to Canada until 1993. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so this is, um, central and South, South America, America discovering guns and roses. Yeah. Um, 25, 26 years later. Yeah. So um, they could also make. So right now they hold on to the most viewed music video of the 80s, which is Sweet Child of Mine, mm. um, which is closing in on 700 million YouTube views. So it could possibly be the next video from the pre, you know, from the 20th century that hits. Yeah. And then in turn, that would be the oldest video to crack a billion views. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I guess congratulations to Guns N' Roses. I, I mean, think they. I think if your artist is if if your video is on the Vivo, um, if you have your own Vivo channel, yeah, you're making some money. You're making some money. Yeah. So yeah, uh, congratulations to. Uh, well, did does Axl Rose get all that money, or does Slash know. get any of it? I, we Stuff probably have to look at the writing any? credits and I imagine <laughs> some some director out there, some greedy director, is probably going to make get some money. <laughs> Just this, Did Stephanie this is, Seymour get any of that money? <laughs> like this song though, like it's a nine minute song. Yeah. Like this is the one they choose. It, it's in it's an epic it's one of the it's one of the epic videos of the nineties to where it was such a rare thing at the time. Yeah. I'm actually gonna look this up because I, I halfway don't believe it. Oh, yeah, it does. Wow. It's for real. I almost just expected to go there like psych. It's not. It's like nine hundred ninety eight million. <laughs> Sorry, not one billion, one million views. So uh, now it's no up to this. one billion, one million five hundred seventy one thousand two hundred eighty one. So some people have been watching this video, man. They probably yeah. found out like it's got a billion. I want to contribute. Let's get it to two billion. Yeah. <laughs> What's the most viewed one? Is it is it uh, uh, see you again? Or is it Gangnam Style? Uh, let's see here. Let's or it's one of Bieber's songs. We were looking at, while he pulls it up, we were looking at um, the uh, other songs, like on Spotify, as far as streaming. Uh, as far as Guns N' Roses, their most streamed song is Sweet Child of Mine at over 350, 390 million. But looking at songs that have passed a billion streams, there's One Dance, there was... Um, I'm not sure what Ed Sheeran songs, but there's two Justin Bieber songs, um, Love Yourself and um, uh, Sorry. I think that was the other one. 
This is uh, Despacito has passed a billion views. Holy crap! I did not know it was at five point three what billion. Is? Despacito. Wow. Five point three. That's almost that everyone in the world. It's a couple billion shots. Everyone to, in the world has, has watched, watched that this video, video at least once. <laughs> See you again is number two at three point six billion, or three point six six billion. Shape of You three point six three billion. Um. Okay, I don't know. This is not Masha and the Bear Recipe for Disaster, which is not a music video. It's at three point two one. But then the next music video, Skunk Gangnam Style three point one eight. Uptown Funk three point one four. Um, wow, Uptown Funk is up there. Yeah, sorry. So we don't see a Justin Bieber song until number seven overall. Number six for music videos, but 2.96 billion. Okay. Sugar has 2.6. No, no, um, Justin Bieber has 2.96. Sugar has 2.68. Hmm, didn't know that. I feel like that's one of it, Those are some of the videos. You know, we talked about with Paola and there was, wasn't there like a committee or something that determined what was going to be one of those songs that's played three mm-hmm. or four times an hour. Yep. I feel like there's, there's a same thing going on here to for where, YouTube for YouTube to where it's going to be on under recommended videos and it's going to be on that sidebar every time. It's always auto playing. Yeah. yeah, probably wheels on the bus. 2.14 billion wheels on the bus by who little baby bum. Is that like a, like the, the kids song? Um, just a YouTube channel that does 3D animation videos. There's probably so many kids that parents who just sit their kids in front of it. <laughs> just sit them in front of the computer. They've got 14. Or give them an iPad on the road trip. 14.9 million um, subscribers, 16.3 billion views. That's just given. Here, here watch this. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there you go. Um, uh, as far as the billions of views that are going on on YouTube. Oh, we need the sound clip of billions and billions and billions <laughs> and billions. Do you remember, um, oh, I can't remember the name of the movie. I had, I had Kelsey Grammer and it was a, it was like a dark comedy, but it was based on a true story to where the military made this tank, but it was made of bad material or, and it just like fell apart during the demonstration. And the guys like uh, in a congressional hearings, like, uh, so how much did you spend on this tank? Um, uh, two billion dollars. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. How much? Two billion. Did you say billion with a B? A billion with a B. Yes. Um. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. Um. So that will do it for our music news. There's really nothing else to talk about that's noteworthy. I mean, the Grammy date has been announced. It's going to be in L.A. And uh, I love L.A. What's that guy's name? The port now. Yeah, Neil Portnow. Neil, yeah, this was his idea. Or wait. Was it? Yeah, I think it was. To move it. To move it back to L.A.? Mm-hmm. And even though he put it at Radio City Music Hall and paid more money, mm-hmm. but he stole money to pay that money to Steven. for it to be at Radio City Music Hall. Steven. So, um, yeah. So that will do it for our music news. Um, and we'll get to Ben's Earworm of the Week. So tell us about it. I have become obsessed with this band. They're called the Wolfpack, um, which translates to like Wolf Kiss or something like that. Um, but they're really funky. They're very soulful. If you like old Memphis style soul, you will love this band. Um, you would never know that it was cons- outside of the singers they work with. 
It is four white dudes from Michigan who all met at the University of Michigan. They're so funky. They're so soulful. Yeah, and they'll wear Michigan shirts in their videos. (laughs) Yeah. We'll go big blue. But no, it's it's really good stuff. I definitely recommend checking them out. You will like them. All right, so this is Wait for the Moment by Wolfpack from their EP, My First Car. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll be right back. So that is Wait for the Moment by Wolfpack from their EP, My First Car. As you can see, the album art if you're watching on Facebook Live. It's a Volvo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You can find that on our BTT YHT Earworms playlist on Spotify right now. Very smooth. Oh, yeah. I think I was, when I texted you, I said they remind me of what Yacht Rock would have evolved into eventually. Yeah. But then the more I listen to them, I'm like, they're a little too soulful to be yacht rock. Like there's a little too much. <laughs> it's kind of like how, uh, have you ever seen American psycho? I've seen enough of it. Uh, well, I would recommend watching the whole thing, <laughs> but there's a, um, like Patrick Bateman, the character, he, mm-hmm. his favorite band is Huey Lewis. And yeah. the News. He also likes, 
um, Phil Collins. Mm -hmm. He likes uh, Chris DeBerg. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, like in a scene, he was talking about um, Huey Lewis in the news when he killed Paul Allen. Mm -hmm. And then when Willem Dafoe's character comes in, he, he plays a detective and he's like, hey, do you like Huey Lewis of the News? <laughs> I just bought their CD. And then you hear Patrick Bateman say, um, uh, he's a little too black sounding for me. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe Wolfpack is a little too black sounding to maybe the evolution of Yacht Rock. Because they... They were so they. There, there were no black artists in Yacht Rock. No, all the singers they work with are black for the most part, and um, they've worked with a few white singers. But like, they played with Bernard Purdy. Like, there's a <laughs> video of them playing with him. Um, but then there also was a video of them playing with Michael McDonald, who I believe if there was a racial draft, we'd probably draft him, because people would think he he'd be like um, um, the other dude, Bobby Caldwell. Like, people would just assume he's black. Like, yeah. oh, Michael McDonald, yeah, that black dude. <laughs> So, yeah. Um, so we'll get to our main topic here. Um, I didn't put up a, a cover photo on the Facebook page for this one, but it's a term that you if you listen to our show, you've you've heard the term. You've heard us use this term before. Yeah. Originally coined in the episode about the hard line, according to Terrence Trent Darby. Yes. And of course, we are talking about the unchecked genius uh, now, uh, as far as determining what an unchecked genius is, uh, it basically an artist that has, um, kind of lost their way as far as in their maturation or their progression. Mm -hmm. And it could be for a variety of reasons. Uh, it could be because they're not getting out of their own way. Uh, it's because they're trying to, they're being too experimental. Um, it, sometimes it could be something on the outside. It can be the people they're around. Uh, yeah, no one's drugs. there to stop them. No one's there to check them. Uh, yeah, it could be drugs. It could be mental illness. Um, it could be a huge ego. But mm -hmm. there's no one to, to check them. And not just check them, not like, you know, put them in the rehab or, or beat them up or anything like that. But just to like... Uh, kind of talk them off the ledge. Mm -hmm. Like maybe you shouldn't put so much reverb <laughs> on your voice, or maybe you shouldn't put so much, you know, so, like uh, effects, so many effects on your guitar. Like, you know, just those little things where you're like, well, I'm the producer. You know, you typically find it with these artists that start producing their own stuff. Yeah. Like three albums in. Cause they're like, I've seen it done. It I can't be that hard. Now. Yeah. <laughs> Next thing you know, it's just like, mm, you need some help. <laughs> so um we'll be discuss we'll give be giving our because five unchecked geniuses and we'll be giving our reason why of course so in a because five we give our honorable mentions so ben who was your first honorable mention my first honorable mention is actually a band that i know will come up in the other because five we do which teaser which i'm not going to tell you what that is because you, you're not going to know mm -hmm. but it'll it'll come up eventually then i'll circle back to you know this episode but um radiohead um and i probably just made a lot of people mad <laughs> radiohead is my first unchecked genius um so as he well you, yeah which, which one do you know oh this one okay so i i think they're unchecked because so i mean they had some critically acclaimed albums 
And then I think after OK Computer is just when they kind of got into themselves a little bit too much. You had this album come out. So I think what Pablo Honey is their first one. Then they come out with the bins. And then eventually that goes all the way up to 1997 when they release OK Computer. And OK Computer is a concept album. I believe the lead track off of that um, Paranoid Android is supposed to be about the fall of Rome. And I believe that they just started making, after OK Computer, they got so much critical acclaim that they just started doing whatever they wanted. And you could kind of hear it in Paranoid Android, which has three parts. You know, it's just like, you don't need a song with three parts. What are you doing? Um, after that, I believe Kid A came out. They had a fully electronic song. Next thing you know, they're trying to, they think that, you know, they can get ahead of the uh, curve when it comes to online music so they're like oh we'll release our album and you can pay whatever you want for it it's just like like what the hell are you doing like what do you who do you think you are they just they just got so full of themselves so much to a point to where spin magazine released an issue that said radiohead is not the most important band <laughs> it probably <laughs> made a lot of people upset and i remember I'd, i i had never read spin magazine but i bought it just on the cover So I think they're unchecked. And I think that Tom York... So I'm saying the whole band, but it's mostly I think Tom York is probably the biggest offender. Yeah. All right. So um, <clears throat> that is your first, your first honorable mention. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll bring it back to us here. There we go. Hey. <clears throat> yeah. You hear creep in the background. Um. They're creeps. I, was, I, don't, I don't know them. <laughs> All right. So from my my first honorable mention, uh, this is a guy who uh, it was actually 10 years ago to where this guy was considered the best rapper alive. Dylon? That's what <laughs> Not Dylon. <laughs> of course, I'm talking about Lil Wayne. So my first honorable mention is Lil Wayne. Let me pull up a picture of him here. And the song that you hear in the background is Prom Queen from Rebirth, which is the rock album after the Carter Three, in which he uh, basically was doing new metal uh, five years after it was over. <laughs> it's so. <laughs> I I I feel like the only people that call him the greatest rapper alive was himself. Like I never heard a lot of people call him the greatest rapper alive. Uh, he's also singing here, uh, heavy on the auto tune. But I think I, I have him as an unchecked genius because once the Carter Three came out and that, that had Lollipop and Mrs. Officer and Amelie, this was this this put Lil Wayne in a different stratosphere, and he's being <laughs> talked about in terms of he's better than Jay Z, he's better than Biggie, he's better than Tupac. Kanye has nothing on this, but this is the same year that Kanye did uh, 808s and Heartbreak. So mm-hmm. Kanye is already somewhere else. Yeah. Um, you know, 50 Cent kind of fell off, I guess you might say. But this put him at, you know how people talk about Kendrick now? Mm-hmm. That's what Lil Wayne was 10 years ago. No, I, as far as like his status. Yeah. And I didn't, I, I didn't like it back then. And I remember when he was out, like I remember going and trying to listen to him. To see what the hype was about. Like, all right, everyone says this is the greatest rapper alive. 
because I was joking. He, I, he's not the only person that said that. There were a lot of people who said that he was the best rapper out. And I just, I remember struggling to, like, understand what people were hearing that I wasn't hearing. Look, these are, um, he had this kind of flow that people started copying to where you would say something and then have a pun as the second part of the line. Yeah, call it, do X, call it Y. We found yeah. that. Oh, as a matter of fact, let me pull up one. Uh, he has one that says, I keep some bud like Rudy Huxtable. <laughs> Uh, boy, I send them bloods at your ass like a tampon. Is it not uh, out here anymore? Do X call it Y? We Jack's son did light up that L, Samuel. Real G's move in silence like lasagna. Uh, all hell wheezy, call it bad weather. Why is it not here anymore? Don't fuck up with Wayne, because when it wanes, it pours. Rhyme while making dinner. Call it Seuss Chef. Call it Seuss Chef. <laughs> Get laid off from... A- <laughs> oh, God, this is great. Get laid off from Amazon. Call that a Kindle Fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that's great seduce a woman using cocaine call it a pickup line i'm gonna stop so yeah um yeah that's his genius in check moment i can make a rap album with rock music yeah pretty much um so that is my first honorable mention who's your second honorable mention ben my second honorable mention is um of course mr robert kelly that's my robert always peeing on folks um, so I'm, I will, I won't lie. A lot of it has to do with the fact that I feel that he, at a certain point around the time of, I believe I can fly. He felt like he could do no wrong. Um, he did the song, I believe I can fly, which was for space jam, which was, you know, the wonderful, um, biopic about how, or the true story about how aliens came to earth and Michael Jordan fought them off in basketball. So, you know, that was a great movie. Um, and so then he did a song for Gotham. He did a song for Batman and Robin, which was the uh, historical account of how Bruce Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, where are you going Doctor, with this? Fought off Doctor Freeze. And so they went to um, they went to R. Kelly and said, "Hey, do a song." And so he did Gotham City, you know, which was a great song. But then I guess he was like, "I can do, I can remix this," and he did the remix to Gotham City. Which exclusively played on BET. I don't think it played anywhere else. And this is it playing in the background. It has nothing to do with the movie. It's basically just him singing about get the ghetto. I guess I don't. I don't know what he's. Yeah. Does Does Gotham City have a ghetto? I, probably. I don't know. But like he just. I, and so this was like the start of when R. Kelly. I call this his thug phase, because shortly after this, you know, he started doing. Um, I think shortly that he did Best of Both Worlds with Jay Z, and then after that it was on TP2, Chocolate Factory. Um, that is when he became the Pied Piper of R&B and started dressing up like a villain for some reason in a mask. Black Zorro, Black Zorro, and you know, and just felt he could do what he wanted. And I mean, it's probably because you know he's making all these hits, he's macking on young girls. You know, when you say teenagers, you know, he's not afraid to say no. He just says. My teenager. 
how old are you talking? How are we talking? talking? You know, it's just like instead of just you know saying no, I don't mess with teenagers. I guess she's like, hey, if she's nineteen or eighteen, it's fair game. Dog, you near forty, man. You gotta let that go. No one was there to tell him no. Stop this, Robert. <laughs> and you know what? And still, there's no one there to say <laughs> stop this, Robert. This genius <laughs> remains unchecked, people. He remains unchecked. Um, and it's sad because he like in between that he is still making some good music. But like every now and then you'll hear one that's like, oh man, you shouldn't have let that one go, man. Like you should have kept that one and not released it. I mean, maybe someone said, okay, um, the ice hockey player song, you, you don't need to put that out. <laughs> hey, me and Robert Kelly, you can do whatever you want, man. He owns Chicago. Watch the documentary. They cover for him. <laughs> they're, they're complicit. They're covering they're complicit. his crimes. It's going to be the state of Illinois versus Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, that is Ben's Gotham second City, album. Mention. <laughs> R. Kelly. All right. So my second honorable mention, um, my second honorable mention is, uh, probably someone, not a lot of you have heard of, uh, but, um, he is, if you ask any any bass player, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. ask any bass player, he is uh, um, he's he's a he is he a god? I don't know. They, they they there's a ton of respect for him. I know that much. At least that. Yeah, there's a ton <laughs> of respect for him. I don't know. It depends on if this bass player believes in God. I don't know, but but no, he is. I mean, he's a lot of bass players' idols. Idol. Yeah. So, of course, I'm talking about Jaco Pistorius, and this is the song called Crisis. And there's a story behind this song. Brian was a huge Jaco fan, which totally makes sense. <laughs> uh, so Jaco Pistorius is a uh, jazz fusion bassist, um, very prominent in the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, he was. This was a time where jazz fusion was like, like you didn't have the right songs <laughs> to get a record deal. You just had to be good mm-hmm. at playing your instrument. Like Steve Vai and Eric Johnson would have thrived in this era. Probably. Well, Steve. Well, I was gonna say he didn't come around till like the '80s. So yeah, he probably would have. His songs were decent, but his playing was, like, in terms of his playing, much better than his writing. <laughs> So, um, the reason why I have him on this list here is because, well, because he made songs like this, <laughs> uh, this is a song called crisis from his album word of mouth. And the reason why I have him on the genius unchecked list is because he wanted this to be a single. <laughs> no, yes, <laughs> this is, this is the first track on the album. And he wanted this to be a single. Why? Who doesn't gonna listen to this? I don't know. <laughs> um, he is known, I guess, famously for uh, the, I guess, the jazz standard "Birdland" by the Weather Report. Mm-hmm. He plays bass on that, and he does the, well, the very little vocals that's on there is him, mm-hmm. according to uh, reports. But um, you know, he had the potential to be this great. Uh, this great um, this great musician and 
I don't know if it was paranoia or some kind of mental illness or, or you know, I watched the documentary Jocko. Uh, it's on Netflix still, I believe, but people would talk about how great he was mm-hmm. and how eccentric he was, but couldn't figure out what went wrong. Yeah. Hmm. And when you make stuff like this to where it's just noise it is a lot and even as somebody who has who has studied jazz this is a little this is bebop basically this is that's what this is bebop is like um i'm not and not to insult him i don't want any bass players coming at me in my opinion it's not good bebop bebop is typically jazz music that is um incredibly fast tempo so like approaching like this is probably approaching like 200 beats per minute but like has no discernible melody um the baseline is all over the place like so like a good example of a bebop song we played in jazz combo seven steps to heaven it was miles davis like the tempo on that like might be 180 190 and and jazz is free it depends on how you feel in that night (laughs) it could go from like it could be oh it's written in 160 but tonight we're playing at 190 (laughs) keep up like this is a song that sounds like a it sounds like a fever dream in in a movie. Yeah. Someone having a fever dream. Like, I can't imagine. Or they're, like, running from the cops, but you ever see, like, on... Ooh, yeah. I, I, yes. No, this is a perfect cop running song. But but it's more like, you ever see on the Flintstones how they, like, start the car? Mm-hmm. With, with their feet? With their feet? <laughs> you just stand in place doing that. Yeah, I could totally hear that. <laughs> For five, six minutes. That's what it sounds like to me. I guarantee you there's no sheet music to that. It's a lead sheet. It's basically like, these are the chords. If there is sheet music. <laughs> it's just all over. <laughs> like the, yeah, it's, yeah. But hey, you know, it's not for me. I'm pretty sure, you know, there's someone out there. As a matter of fact, I bet you Brian Hall would come on here and be like, oh yeah, I know that. And he would just, he's like, he could probably play he it. He knows how to play this. <laughs> he knows how to play that song. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that's my second honorable mention. All right. So. Into the meat. First, uh, well, you're number five. Number five. I'm going with uh, Mimi, a.k.a. Mariah Carey. Um, she is a genius subject. She had that period during, so what was it? It was after, um, not Equals MC Squared. That was the last album. Um, Butterfly. Yes, it was after Butterfly. Or no, 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 no. It was um, Char- not Charm Bracelet. Hold on. I'm. I'm messing up here because she Rain- did. Rainbow was before Glitter. Rainbow, yes. Rainbow was the album. Um, Rainbow had um, Heartbreaker on it, and so after that, she lost her mind and she made <laughs> she made the movie Glitter and did the soundtrack to that. And I think she thought that she could do anything. She was like, "I can make a movie if I want." And um, the movie was critically panned. She followed it up with an album called Charm Bracelet, in which she did a cover of "Bring It On" the Heartbreak. By Def Leppard. No clue why she did it. I I don't understand. Um, I remember when it came out, just thinking like this is, this is trash. Like it sounds nothing <laughs> like the it sounds nothing like the original. I just Mariah Carey is trash. <laughs> um, Wait, isn't there a? Um, I think there's a video for this song in which it's like CGI Yankee Stadium. I think so. I know she's wearing like she might have been Derek, stuff. she might have been dating Derek Jeter at the time. I think so. It's just such it just didn't make any sense that she would cover this song. 
and i can just imagine that someone probably told her no no one told her no one checked her no one told her like you shouldn't do this so i mean two albums later we got the emancipation of mimi which was her return which was jermaine dupree bringing her out of the dark yeah but like in between that like you know from so that you know emancipation of mimi came out in 2005 those three years she was a genius unchecked like she she put out a crap album she put out a remix album like she was just doing whatever probably doing drugs i don't know i remember seeing the episode of her on cribs she's a lot of shoes maybe she was doing that i don't know i remember her being on the stairmaster wearing some expensive pair of shoes yeah like it's just i just remember like it's just yeah it just was not very good the album was panned it has a 43 out of 100 on metacritic um let no one gave it a good review the new york times maybe it's because she was in the in yankee stadium <laughs> she did that video i think was like cgi yankee stadium yeah it was so bad but yeah she just and, and you can hear it in the in the yeah like who who does this to that song who who did this you know it like made a i mean it's a it's a a pop rock song an arena rock yeah song you made and it pop. You, you made it like pop and devoid of all, devoid of all the rhythm and blues that yeah. could have been in it. <laughs> you, you took the feel. Like Joe Elliott didn't die for this. Well, he's not dead, but you no. know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Mutt Lang ain't die for this. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty trash. Um, and I can't believe she put it out. I don't know why she put it out. When did she right. goes with that? Ugh. And on top of that, she don't take care. That's, well, that's the other thing. She don't take care of her voice. Um, every, I don't know if you've seen the video of her at the um, at the uh, what was it at New Year's Eve, rocking New Year's Eve. Yeah, we watched that, and she just was awful. Like she couldn't. Yeah. Oh, we talked about it on the podcast. We talked actually. about yeah. it. Man, we've been around for a while. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was awful. She didn't have her um, her monitor, her ear monitor, so she couldn't sing. Cause she can't hit the high parts no, no. more because she doesn't take care of her voice. Cause I saw foreigner that dude is at, he's got at least 20 years on her. That dude can sing. <laughs> I don't remember his name, but the lead singer foreigner can sing at least 10 years ago. When I saw him, he can sing Mariah Carey is 20 years. His junior ain't taking care of her voice foreigner probably living the, Sex, you drugs, and rock and roll. Um, you go get Stevie Wonder. <laughs> he can still sing. Like his his vocals sound like the album. It's great. <laughs> Take care of your voice. Forty people. years later. Take care of your voice. All right. So that was your number number five. Number five. All right. So my number five. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um. Now this doesn't mean that we don't like these artists. Yeah. They had a uh, a peak at some point. Mm -hmm. Keep that in mind. <laughs> so, <laughs> my number four is Miss Lauren Hill. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> like, some people, like, still swear by Lauren. They mm -hmm. still, um, they will still go to her shows for some reason, even though she shows up eight hours late. Yeah, that I don't understand. At this point, you know what happens. Like the first few people that did it that didn't hear about it, I get it. At this point, it is a well-known fact. Yeah. And if you bought tickets, the show tough. says it starts at eight. 
don't show up on time. Yeah. She's not. <laughs> um, and it was, it was a number of things. There are a lot of rumors out there, a lot of um, speculation about what really happened to her. Because we're talking about someone like, yes, yeah, she only made one studio album. Mm-hmm. And what you hear right now is Mr. Intentional, which was a sketch of a song from her Unplugged album, which we've never heard these songs in any other capacity since. But it was her dealing with fame, her dealing with um, her relationship with her, I think now ex-husband, Rohan Marley. Uh, maybe she still wasn't over Wyclef. Mm-hmm. Um, and her being put on this uh, this pedestal as this the epitome of like female empowerment, especially for black women. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like it's it's Kurt Cobain minus suicide mm-hmm. as far as handling and how quick it being was famous <laughs> and and the the meteoric rise it was because very quick like i think black people knew about her from the fujis mm-hmm. but she still won best new artist as a solo artist. <laughs> as a solo yeah. artist yeah you know um and you know people still like go back and listen to that album people st- you know it, it's an album that can still be enjoyed today mm-hmm. but I mean, it, it, it's going to get dated mm-hmm. the longer that she doesn't, doesn't do put anything. out yeah. any other material. And she has it not as a solo artist. I think the Fugees did like a one-off song. Like I feel like it was like 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that, and that's really, this is, I don't know if there was anybody to like help her or to stop her or to, you know, say that or to encourage her. I don't Mm -hmm. know what really happened to where she's not really in the public eye. And when she is, she has a totally different reputation of to where she wants to. I think she wants to perform, Mm -hmm. but then it's like she doesn't want to perform (laughs) like she doesn't like she wants to. You know, she wants to make music, but then she doesn't. Yeah. Or she might have a lot of, like, unreleased music. I feel like she might. She probably does. But she has this reputation of just being... She... she If you buy a ticket to her show, I, you can get insurance on concert tickets now. Oh, you can? <laughs> so, nice. uh, you should get that, because <laughs> who knows if she's going to show up. Yeah. Um. So it's, it's just a, you know... Where, uh, where have you gone, Miss Lauren Hill? I don't know. What happened? It's one of the great talents. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my number five. All right, then. All right. Number four. Number four. Um, so, like you said, this these are not people that we hate because this is actually my favorite band. Uh, Stephen Jenkins of Third Eye Blind uh, is my number four. Um, so, you know, put out with Third Eye Blind, put out two really good albums, the self-titled album, which were um, I'm not going to sit here and say these were like, you know, 90s rocks classics or anything like that. But they were good albums. You know, the first album, you know, being the self-titled album, you know, that, you know, probably talks a lot about life in San Francisco, I imagine. 
the second album, which was a little bit more experimental, and that's where things kind of got weird. Um, um, at that point, they you know they fire guitar player Kevin Cadigan, who had um, a lot of six, you know a lot of who helped Stephen Jenkins along a lot in co-writing a lot of the stuff from the first two albums. They kicked him out before they released the second album. Um, replaced him, and it's it's been basically Stephen Jenkins and them since then. You know, Out of the Vein was an album all about, basically was about his breakup with Charlize Theron. So that's all that was about, was Out of the Vein was the third album. Um, he totally produced it. You could tell it. You could tell he produced it, because there's a lot of parts that lack direction. Hmm. Uh, and then after that, you know, Ursa Major, and that was probably the last album in which he was making a lot of sense. <laughs> after that, the songwriting just wasn't like, because he was always known as a writer who was very he was very clever lyrically and you know very catchy and so the song you're hearing in the background is called cop versus phone girl which is i call his woke song he's trying to be woke it's about the girl who got slammed by the police officer in the classroom yeah um and he tries to talk about like you know that and he tries to talk about prejudice and racism and how you know just because you say black lives matter doesn't mean you're racist or that you're anti-white he tries to wrap it at the end I appreciate the message and I'm gonna get me wrong I like the song but like wasn't anyone there to be like hey man maybe this is a little heavy for you to tackle <laughs> or just just sing it yeah just sing it just or, sing it you or don't get have to some. rap but I was gonna say if you get somebody though then you get the Brad Paisley and LL Cool J oh, collaboration <laughs> accidental racist I think that's what it was called yeah <laughs> yep. so you get that that should have been a genius check where was someone to tell Brad Paisley that was a bad idea um, so LL Cool J, look, stop. Yeah, just don't don't do this. Don't do this to yourself, okay? He's like, I'm a huge Brad Paisley fan. Then you should tell him not to do this like, <laughs> if you care about the man. Um, so I mean, like, I don't hate the song. As a matter of fact, this is one of my earworms. Yeah, but like, it's just like you know, as I'm listening to it, I'm like, uh, it's catchy, but like, it's a bit of a heavy subject. Um, but even beyond this, like, there's just a lot of music on those albums where it's just like, it sounds like it's just him doing everything. Or it's just him with all of the ideas. Because at this point, it is just him and the original drummer. Who at this point, you know, probably kissing the ring. Um, he's gone through, I think, two or three guitar players. At least two bass players. And if you ever watch them perform, it's just him. It's the Stephen Jenkins show. <laughs> Do you think he um, ruined what could have been with Vanessa Carlton? Maybe. So that's... so. Funny enough, I think hit, um, the production he did on her second album um, was better than the production he did on Third Eye Blind's third album. Um, it almost it was like he cared a little bit more. I don't know. Maybe he was trying to, you know, get a little bit more. But I thought, like, the work he did, like, I forgot he did that album. He produced that album because they were dating. That was a really good album. Um, he did not do as good of a job. Like, there were some good standout tracks on Out of the Vein. But for the most part, like there were some songs that were like just they just weren't fleshed out as well as they could have been. Um, and like, you know, compared to the first two albums, just the ideas just were not as good. And I really do think that's because Kevin Cadigan was probably the other voice in the room that was like, no, nah, we shouldn't do that. Let's do this. Or no, we shouldn't do that who really had an idea for song structure and all that stuff. And once you get the producer out of the room, that's just one more voice that's gone that would have probably told you 
think of song structure, Stephen. Think of this. Think of this. You know, and all of that kind of went out the window when he just started producing everything. And now it is the Stephen Jenkins show. Stephen Jenkins featuring Third Eye Blind. <laughs> um, okay. Well, uh, those are number four, right? Yeah. All right. So my number four is a band that um, I don't, I haven't seen like a family treat each other like this. I like outside of TV. (laughs) And of course I am talking about Oasis. Um, I had this album. This is their live album. Uh, familiar to millions. Um, and I always felt that this is Wonderwall that they did live. This is at Wembley Stadium in 2000. I always felt like they did this song just to get through it. <laughs> it's what the crowd wants to hear. Let's just play the song and, and get on with the show. You cannot have a show without it. Yeah. So, um, the reason why I have them as unchecked geniuses collectively, specifically Noel and Liam Gallagher. Yeah. Um, is because they got in each other's way and then in their own way, mm-hmm. as far as, you know, these were the, the people familiar with the, the genre Brit pop, which is basically like it's British grunge, basically. Mm-hmm. But the songs are catchier. The songs are um, uh, there's more melody. It's mm-hmm. it even sounds a little happier. Yeah. <laughs> but um, same dark lyrics though. But <laughs> yeah, some dark lyrics. But it sounds happier. There's yeah. the illusion that it's happier. So there's Oasis and Blur, um, and uh, Pulp. There's mm-hmm. another band that was sticking up. The Verve. The, the Verve. Um, yeah, so these were bands that ha- these uh, happy sounding songs, but probably with dark lyrical themes. Mm-hmm. But um, Oasis were the, they were the kings, mm-hmm. I think. And with a song like Wonderwall, it's easy to sing along to. I still think people don't know what it's actually about. I have no clue. I thought it was about a woman who stopped it from drug addiction, but that's what someone told me. Like, if you're the wall, you stop someone. Yeah. But I don't know. Like, because a lot of it, a lot of his lyrics, um, Liam's lyrics didn't really make a lot of sense. <laughs> or no, Noel wrote the lyrics. And they never really made any sense. Like, I've, I've listened to, I'm fairly certain I listened to What's the Story Morning Glory cover to cover half the songs I have no clue what they're about I don't know it, you just can't tell you know all your dreams are made when you're chained to the mirror and the razor blade <laughs> which I, I think is a cocaine but today is today is it, I don't know like the lyrics just then it just starts making no sense and Sam thinks we were like slowly walking down the hall mm-hmm. yeah faster, faster than, than a cannonball. cannonball yeah they were clearly uh, yeah where were you while we were getting high well, getting high too. <laughs> clearly, you were getting high writing those lyrics. Yeah. Um, but it was like it was catchy and people could sing along yep. to it. But because of all the infighting between these two brothers, mm-hmm. I mean, 
maybe we have a warped sense of family here in America, or just me and you have a warped sense of what family is supposed to be compared to them. Yeah, is our is our view are our views warped or is it theirs? Yeah, but basically, like all the infighting. They got in their own way. Yeah, they could have been much bigger. They should have been much bigger. They claimed to be, they were going to be better than the Beatles. Mm-hmm. They had a chance. They I had mean, a haircuts. lot of bands have a chance. Mm-hmm. They had a ch- They had the haircuts. <laughs> they had the, uh, they had the look. The accent. <laughs> yeah, they were in the right country. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, this is one of those things to where, what could have been. And now they're, they have their own separate bands now. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I mean, they hate it. They did, they just did not like each other. They really just and did they not know like each other, other all their lives. Yeah, <laughs> and that is truly one of those stories where it's like you can't put it aside just to make it. Like you can't put it aside <laughs> just to like get this. You know, so let's go. Let's like put this aside. Let's make some money. It's like no. Oh well. <laughs> um. So yeah, that was my number four. Uh, so what is your number three? My number three is the person that we use to to coin this term, and that is Terrence Trent Darby. Uh, What's his name now? Sananda Montreya. Uh, he is the poster child of yeah. the unchecked genius, but not the most unchecked of geniuses. No. He was, um, he could have been the next Sam Cooke. I mean, he had the voice, but um, he, you know, he... Like he said, he didn't want to make another Hardline, um, the hard, which was his first album, the Hardline, according to Terrence Trent Darby, which was an album we covered. Great album, had some great songs on it. Um, the standout tracks being, you know, Sign Your Name and Wishing Well. Um, but after that, he just changed. Like, and if I remember correctly, on the on the um, on the episode, we talked about how just like it was just because there was no one there to stop him. No, like he was, just, he just did it. Him like he, he was, it was, it was. This was, uh, it was more his ego. Yeah. Uh, this is also my number three. Yeah. Uh, so uh, there, it was really his ego that may have stopped him. I mean, he felt that this album was going to be better than uh, Sergeant Pepper's. Well, uh, the Hardline. The Hardline. That is. Sorry, thought it'd be better than Sergeant Pepper's, and. A sign, a clear sign. If you just want, want to look at the basic signs of an unchecked genius, just look at the titles of their albums. <laughs> so we have the first one called Introducing the Hardline According to Terrence Trent Darby. Okay, it's a long title, but, you know, it just has his name in it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it's his first album. But then the second one is called Neither Fish Nor Flesh, A Soundtrack of Love, Faith, Hope, and Destruction. So... It's a concept album, to say the least. And he produced it himself. And he produced it himself. So there was no one there to tell him no. No Terrence. Did, did he play all the instruments? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Let's see. Um, he played a lot of them. Vocals, kazoo, saxophone, Fender Rhodes, which is a kazoo? piano. Yeah. Kazoo. Sitar. See, if they start putting in instruments that don't belong. <laughs> Scratching, kazoo? timpani, guitar, drums, percussion, panel, organ, and he did their organ, he did the arrangements. So he had a couple more. Uh, he had some more people play other stuff too, but he tried to play everything. <laughs> he thought he would. He thought he was Stevie. He tried. He was like, I could, I could do this. Hand clapping. That's <laughs> that, no, no joke. That's a hand, hand clapping. clapping. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this is the song "Vibrator" from the album "Vibrator." Uh, 
I'm sorry, Terrence Trent Darby's vibrator. Oh, well, you hold on. You forgot about the third one. Terrence Trent Darby's Darby Symphony, Symphony or Damn. Yeah. Exploring the tension inside the sweetness. Oh, I, for, I forgot there was more to that title. <laughs> well, is, there a, is there a longer title for vibrator? Uh, Terrence Trent Darby's vibrator. Um, batteries included. Uh, another sign of a genius unchecked. Uh, n- random name change. Yeah. I don't know if it's random, but still, he's now known as Sananda Matreya. Uh, they might that might be his legal name now. Yeah. Yeah, I do believe so. Yes, Sananda Francesco Matreya. Yeah. Like this guy was, you know, and when we talked about that, I don't know if I, I don't know if I even said it or not, but this was a guy to where he was part vocally part Sam Cooke, part Otis Redding, mm-hmm. part James Brown. Phenomenal vocalist. Um, and while those three <clears throat> may have written their songs, <laughs> I don't think they went off the deep end as far as, well, Otis Redding never had the opportunity. <laughs> I think, you know uh, I think you could say the same thing about Sam Cooke, not yeah. having the opportunity to go off the deep end. Um, with James Brown, um, no, I wouldn't say I would. I wouldn't put him on on the unchecked genius list uh, because he like stayed really in his lane. <laughs> he really <laughs> did, if you think about it. <laughs> um. So yeah, so we had the same number three. Um, so those are those are if you want to look for signs like this is like this is a term that you could Google it. You're not going to see it Mm-mm. unless it's in reference to our podcast. Mm-hmm. I think that's the first place and the only place you will hear the term unchecked genius. But that is a sign to where these long, crazy album titles and in some cases, song titles, but not like Fallout Boy, who was doing it to be funny. I slept with Fallout Boy, and all <laughs> I got was this shirt. <laughs> they did that to be funny. Tell Mick he just made my list of things to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those were great song titles. <laughs> um, what is one called? I'm David Ruffin, and these are the Temptations. That's what but they so had to change, change it. it. Yeah, our lawyer made us change the name of this song mm-hmm. so we wouldn't get sued. But it was going to be called, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> David Ruffin and the Temptations, <laughs> which would have been just amazing. <laughs> It'd be great if they, if they were able to keep that. Yeah. At uh, this point, they should be big enough to just do it and yeah. fight it in court. <laughs> get uh, Ed Sheeran's lawyer. You won't have to pay out too much. <laughs> just don't get Ed Sheeran. <laughs> no. Yeah. All right. So what is, uh, uh, we're at number two. two. Mm-hmm. What's your number two? Madonna, Madonna, Madonna. What movie was that from? Was that The Birdcage? Yeah. Yeah. Madonna, <laughs> Madonna. <laughs> Madonna's my number two. Um so the woman who is known to reinvent herself. So I remember that was always her big thing. You know, the Madonna from the eighties is not the Madonna in the nineties. It's not the Madonna in the two thousands. Um, you know, of course she started out, you know, as, you know, like a little pop princess in the, um, in the eighties, you know, a little innocent until like a virgin came out. And then, you know, it's like, Oh snap, you know? Um, and in the nineties we got, you know, we got different Madonna and don't get me wrong. Like she made some great albums, like going from like, you know, str- you know, more like a, um, 
edgy 80s pop to Bedtime Stories, which is straight up an R&B album. Um, and no, then she doesn't have the vocals. She doesn't. The songs no are great vocals. because she worked with people like Babyface. The yeah. song, so the songs are amazing. Um, and then, you know, going from that to Ray of Light, uh, where she reinvented, reinvented herself as basically an EDM artist. Yeah. Which, if you think about it, she was kind of ahead of her time with Ray of Light. Because um, that was, what, 1999, I think it was? 98, 99. Yeah. Um, she made Ray of Light, you know, almost 20 years ahead of the trend. Um, but <laughs> I guess because she was so ahead of the trend, you know, she was, she was quote unquote, a trendsetter. So she was kind of feeling her way through it. And so we get what you hear playing in the background, which is her cover of American Pie, which was also electronic. And to this day, I don't know why she did that. Um, and this was her era where she was just making, like, there's just so many random albums made um, during this time. So this was the soundtrack to the next best, thing. yeah, the next best thing that she was in because she thought A she was movie an that was critically panned. Um, if if you can pull it up, it might have been directed by her then husband Guy Ritchie. Ritchie. I wouldn't be surprised. I forgot they were married. Was that the next? I think she plays a, a a woman who wants to have a baby, but she's not married or has a boyfriend. John Schleisinger. Okay. And she and Rupert Everett plays her best friend, her gay best friend, and they have a baby together or something like that. Mm. It's some convoluted storyline. But that movie came out in 2000. Yep. Um, which is when that came out. So that was around the time she released music, which wasn't bad, but like you get music, you get American life, which was the album that came out directly after music in which American life was just very different. Like the song American life was very similar to this song, Mm -hmm. um, as was Hollywood, the other album, um, hard confessions on the dance floor was her attempt at doing EDM again. I've, I always kind of call that one, um, ray of light part two. Um, and she just started releasing albums that didn't really make sense, like Confession of the Dance Floor, Hard Candy, which had a song with um, Kanye West and the ne- produced by the Neptunes, MDNA, Rebel Heart. Like these albums really. I know she had a song that she did with uh, Justin Timberlake, produced by Timbaland. Yeah, yeah, I think that was on. It might have been on Hard Candy. Candy, yeah. And another song that I think there were like a yeah, few songs minutes. produced by uh, Miles Away was also produced by Timbaland, I believe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like. You know, kind of like with the other people on this list, you have some good stuff mixed in with a bunch of like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. You know, and it's just like, but she's Madonna. Who's going to, at this point, she's been in the industry for 20 plus years. She she keeps reinventing herself and that was kind of her advantage. Yeah. But it's kind of like, not that there's nowhere else to go, but kind of just not doing more of what was working. Mm-hmm. I know it's kind of like a, a hard to like really do is like do more of what was working, but more of just um, just making just trying to make good music rather than trying to stay with a motif or something, mm-hmm. trying to stay with some kind of style, uh, trying to keep up with um, trying to bring in a younger audience mm-hmm. instead of uh, the um, catering to the audience really that came up with you. Like when you're doing a song with Nicki Minaj and you're like 30 years older than her, mm-hmm. 
Um, at the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's going to go over well. Um, not saying that was like a terrible halftime show, but it's probably one of the more like it's OK if you went to the bathroom or whatever. Yeah, it was all it was all <laughs> over the place. It was yeah. literally all over the place. William Orbit produced that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it sounded like it. Yeah. Yeah. And so this like, was, I this, do was, think, this was though, during Ray of Light time. And I do think like she was ahead of her time, like. Some of the music she was doing, like, you know, it wouldn't be that popular for years. You know, I mean, um, Eminem makes the comment in his song, you know, nobody listens to techno. That's not true anymore. <laughs> yeah. You know, Eminem was wrong in this case. And artists like Moby and like Madonna back then were, you know, very ahead of their time. And maybe they just they saw it coming. They went to you, makes, which makes sense, because I swear to God, I thought, you know, Mariah, not Mariah Carey, Madonna thought she was British at one point. So maybe that's what she she was in the discotheques in London, and she heard it. She was like, "Yeah, this is gonna be the next big thing," and she latched on. All right, so my number two is uh, this might be this this has to be the same as your number one. Uh, of course, so I'm talking about Kanye, <laughs> Kanye West. So uh, I'm gonna put the picture when he was um, a blonde. Come back as a blonde. <laughs> Great song by Fifi Dobson. Um, so I think with Kanye, with each, um, some people could say like the time that he started to experiment as far as when he did 808s and Heartbreak. Mm-hmm. Then that was the time. Oh, God, this song. This yeah. is this is his. Oh, boy. This is his. This is the genius. This, this is, is his, the genius unchecked song. I was going to say some stuff from Yeezus, which I, de- I do think, but this was even worse than that. <laughs> like, this was... I, I, do you know how mad I was when I got to the end of that song? I was like, this, this is it? This is it? Oh my god, I was so mad. Because <laughs> it sounded like it was going to be good. He, had a nice, he starts out with a nice sample, and then... Oh, oh I'm so mad. So this is uh, uh, with with Kanye. There's a lot of factors that leads to him being a genius unchecked. Um, one, his separation from. Uh, well, one you could say maybe it started when his mother passed. I I definitely think it started when his mother passed. Uh, I like think every, he was always everything's quirky. changed from there. Yeah, I always thought he was quirky, but like he just really started experimenting. At that point, you know, I like Ado. It's in heartbreak. I think a lot of fans are like split on that because you have these hardcore hip hop fans, but he's a guy who listened to a, lots of different yeah. types of music growing up. Um, you know, and then he kind of just tapped into that a little bit. Uh, you're gonna hear Black Skinhead right after this. Yeah. So that's, um, but with uh, it kind of started there. But then he, it seemed like maybe he came back with something at, uh, because after um, 808s, yeah, after 808s was my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, which was which people could say is his best album. That's his his magnum opus. Yeah. Oh god. Because it. Oh yeah, check out these bars right here. I thought we were being punk the first time I heard it. Whoop-dee-dee-scoop. Whoop-dee-dee-scoop-poop. 
Yeah, I thought we were being punk the first time I heard it. Um, yeah, I am. I'm split on. I'm one of those people who split on 808s. Part of it I really like. Part of it I don't. I do think it was his, um, his most daring album. I guess you could say up to that point. When Yeezus came out, I thought he lost his mind. I didn't know what he was doing, and he almost lost me as a fan. But then he brought out my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, and I was like, I'm back. I heard, um, as soon as I heard All of the Lights, I was back. I, like, All of the Lights, I think, I still think to this day is the best song of his career. So... All right. Oh, okay. I just like what's going. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely think, in in my opinion, after 808, and he, you know, he gets Jesus, and it's just like you wonder has he lost his mind. A lot of the beats are very weird, and I'm not gonna lie. Like listening to it now, it's not as weird to me as it was back in the day. Because back in the day, the first time I heard it, I was just like, "What the hell is he doing?" Yeah, that right there. And I remember they made fun of it on SNL. It was very funny. Um, I didn't really know what he was doing. You know, I didn't know what to say. And then when he comes out with My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy and you hear, um, I don't, I think, I don't know if Power was the first song I heard off of that or if it was All of the Lights, but I instantly loved it. Um, Runaway is a great song. He has a, um, a talk box vocoder solo at the end of it. What other rapper do you know that's doing that, you know? It's awesome. Here goes. I love that. <laughs> uh, with this song, um, sorry, our video feed is down, but we're still we're still on Facebook Live. We still have a way for it to work. But um, with this song, the first thing I thought was like, oh, he's been listening to Nine Inch Nails. It does have an industrial feel to it. I think it's produced by produced by Daft Punk as well. Okay. So you kind of think that well he's he's kind of evolving, but overall with Jesus it sounds incomplete. Yeah. Like it just like it just for someone who cuz I do think as a rapper he is one of the more talented songwriters and when I say songwriters like he strikes me like so when you heard um it and heartbreaks it was like you kind of heard him make an album he made he wrote songs yeah like which was hold on i'm am i off on the chronology it and heartbreaks was 2008 okay and then jesus came okay yeah so when you're listening to like it's not like love lockdown you're listening to heartless these are songs they're not just rap songs like you know chris allen famously covered um heartless on american, american idol and I, you know i know we jest about you know we joke about you know white artists covering black songs but like there's a reason that song fits so well and it's because he is just a very well-written song and that, i think that was the reason why it translated over and that why that song was a hit and why so many people were able to cover it and to this day still cover it because like it starts out with a really nice chorus and is sing songy rap lyrics to where you can still kind of that's when he started using the heavy auto tune yeah so he's i mean he sings that entire album you know um and i think when he comes up with my beautiful dark twisted fantasy you get the best of like you listen to all the lights he's rapping but he's not rapping 
you know, the verses on that song, you can still sing those. And then, you know, when Re- him and Rihanna come in on the chorus, it's huge. And at that point, I, I feel like at that point, he was at the height of his powers mm-hmm. to where, like, that's a song that could fill an arena. Like, you could be in an arena, start playing that song, and it just, it blows up, you know. That was, that. that's such a great album. But I, I just think today, um, some people want to blame the Kardashian curse. And hey. I understand if you want to do that. But I think it's a lot more that it, it, this started happening at least 11 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and today, um, maybe uh, like he's, he's trying something else. Like he's trying to go in a different direction uh, as far as doing these seven, producing these seven song albums. Mm-hmm. But some people still feel like, oh, well, these feel kind of incomplete. Yeah. Like Nas's album feels incomplete. Yeah. Um, Ye feels like it feels kind of empty. Out of, out of the, I mean, I still like the Wood Leaves song, but yeah, it's kind of. Yeah, I like Yikes. A, I like that one. There's some <laughs> stuff, there's still a little left to be desired. Um, But maybe he's. Maybe he's getting at least getting to a happy place, mm-hmm. and maybe it will turn into something. Yeah. So this is this is just the beginning of it. This isn't everything. Um, so as I said, the the camera is down. Hopefully, there's not a huge because it it froze and okay. then it won't open it. So okay. I'll just uh, um, fix it after. I don't think there's anything really wrong with it. it just froze. Okay. Um, that's why you just see the logo right now if you're watching it on Facebook Live. But my number one, um, if we had talked about um, Appetite for Destruction or Use Your Illusion 1 <laughs> and 2, he would have been the poster child for the Genius Unchecked. But, of course, I'm talking about Axl Rose. Um, what you're going to hear now is a cover of The Beatles Come Together, which he did at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction back in 19... 19- 92 or 93 with Bruce Springsteen. Hours. Okay. Um, but these vocals are awful. <laughs> well, because, I mean, as we saw in the, uh, the behind the music on Metallica. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. No, Axel. John Lennon ain't die for this. <laughs> George, <laughs> not George either. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. <laughs> nice try. Nice try, Axel. So, um, this was definitely a, a, a guy who, well, that's Bruce Springsteen. So we can talk about that. Um, <laughs> I don't know if Bruce wanted to be there either, but. Or he probably would have thought, I could have did this by, by myself. myself. You're going to sound like that. <laughs> but uh, uh, the reason I have Axl Rose number one is just look at when was Use Your Illusion 1 and 2. We're talking about 25 years ago, right? Yeah, Use Your Illusion um, 1991, September 17th, 1991. And then number Use Your Illusion 2 was September 17th, 1991. Okay. so Oh, same day. Yeah, same day. Same day. Yeah. All right. So this double album, what was their next album? I think the Spaghetti Incident, but I could be wrong. 
which was a covers album, because they released a couple. Um, oh no, the Civil War EP, excuse me, which was an EP. Um, like Guns N' Roses is so influential. Um, yeah, the Spaghetti Incident was because they released a video album. So yeah, the Spaghetti Incident in 1993 uh, okay, was their so fifth studio two album. Years. Yeah. Okay. What was after that? Uh, oh, a compilation album of User Illusion 1 and 2, I think. No, that don't count. But after that, um, Chinese Democracy. What was that? 2008. 15 years later. Yeah. And was that the last one? I don't know if there was another one after that. That's it. So their last album was 10 years ago, but three albums over a 20-year span. Mm. Um, well, f- four, four albums. Well, no, five. That's five. So if you count Use Your Illusion 1 and 2, Appetite for Destruction, The Spaghetti Incident, and Chinese Democracy, you're talking about five albums over a 20-year span, which doesn't sound bad if you think about it, but all of the... no, Who listens to The Spaghetti Incident or Chinese Democracy, honestly? I think I might have listened to one song from the Spaghetti Incident, but that's about it. Because it, you, all of the lineup changes, mm-hmm. all of the, uh, I don't know if there's a power struggle or the huge ego, um, to where, as far as Guns N' Roses go, it's just him. Mm-hmm. But when you think about the other members, you know who the other members are, and then you realize, oh, wait, they're not in the band? Not anymore. Nope. <laughs> You think Axl Rose and Slash. Slash not in the band? Nope. <laughs> Duff McKagan. No, he's not in it either. Mm-mm. Who's another member? I can't think of it. Well, I know Gilby Clark was in there Gilby at one Clark, point. He's not in it. No. So, I'm trying to think who's the with, original. Him, with him, like, did he push everyone away? Was it drug abuse? Was it, you know, um, paranoia? Was it some kind of mental illness? I don't want to say mental illness so as far are they as just right together? away, but but all of the changes that were made are going to affect how the music's going to sound. So currently they are all back together. So Axel Rose, Duff McKagan, Slash. Okay, I don't recognize not the other people though. So Dizzy okay, no, Dizzy Reed, um, I guess who just played who's like a set, like a touring musician. Um Richard Fortas, who's a newer guy. Frank and then some girl named Melissa. We'll see how long that lasts. But Izzy is not there anymore. Izzy Stradlin. Yeah, Steve Adler, who was their original drummer, is not there anymore. Um, he only played till 1990. Who replaced him on drums? I don't know. But yeah, so it's not the uh, all the. Wow, Josh Freeze played with him. Josh Freeze played with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Josh Freeze played with them from 97 to 2000. Um, but yeah, so I mean, there three of them are back. Axel Duff and Slash are back since 2016. Um, so with all the, like I said, with all the, with the lineup changes, it's going to affect how the band is going to sound. And just because you're the face doesn't mean that it's going to, that people won't notice or that people won't um, feel that there's something off or there's something missing. Like any everything that has happened with Guns N' Roses as far as their success or lack of, mm-hmm. it's all it all traces back to Axl Rose and his ego, and his ego. 
and his his need for control and power and i guess having the power to kick people out of the band at will yeah <laughs> at a certain point though i feel like after the original members left it was because they they didn't want they didn't get kicked out they just want to deal with them after that guns and roses becomes axel rose to where i do what i want with this band and if you don't want to get in line you can get out and it's just like all right well i guess i'll get out <laughs> i guess i'm gone you know so that's all it is man um so yeah, that will do it for our because five um, geniuses unchecked. Let us know in the comments or by email or whatever who your unchecked geniuses are, and we'll uh, go and get to my earworm of the week. Um, this song I heard a couple weeks ago. Um, uh, I like the song, and I'm 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 a little worried that. Khalid is going to be pushed to this. Um, he had this like he had this lane here as far as how he sounds vocally, but doing R and B music, mm-hmm. like he's not that traditional R and B singer. Yeah, but now he's being pushed into this like pop lane, um, and working with the, with certain artists that are going to be that are on the hooks for a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like Ty Dolla Sign, who's on this song, but I do like this song. <laughs> was he on the song with the just, not just Sean Mendez, or was it Troy Sivan? So. Khalid, yeah, he, I think he was on the song with Troy yeah. Sivan. Yeah, that's the type of people we'll be working with. <laughs> so, Get ready. Um, I, I guess that's what we'll be seeing for the foreseeable future. But at least, at least, I, I this song is is good. I like it. Uh, this is called uh, OTW, which is a uh, short. Uh, shorthand for those who text a lot for On The Way <laughs> uh, featuring is it black with a six like the six is the B I don't I don't know how you say that we're too we're too old for this man yeah <laughs> I want to call them six but it might be black but instead of a B it's a six it is pronounced black this okay, is what it so says black with the six Not six lack <laughs> six and lack. Uh, tie dollar sign I'd say it's called uh, OTW, which is shorthand for On The Way. And uh, we're going to play that, and we'll be right back. Take it there. 
That is OTW by Khalid featuring Black and Ty Dolla Sign. It's a single right now, but uh, there's, there's another uh, Khalid album, OTW. Okay, you didn't catch that. <laughs> oh, ah. Aha. Aha. Um, so you can, you can uh, hear that song along with the previously played Wolfpack on our BTT YHT Earworms playlist. Um, we are at 179 songs. And uh, what was the song that was? Daydream. Daydream by... I can't think of the name of the band. It's Big really Story. Good. Yeah. It is still unavailable. Sorry. All good. <laughs> they just keep happening to me. I'm going to stop adding. I hope they don't take Wolfpack off. <laughs> Seems to happen a lot. So that will uh, that will do it for our um, for this particular episode. So Ben, can you tell the people where we can be found? Yes, yes, I can. Um, so if you're watching us on Facebook, you found our Facebook page. Yeah, we're still we're still live on Facebook. Okay. You, you can't see us, but. Uh, there's still video. <laughs> so you can find us at facebook.com slash by the time you hear this. Um, you can check out our website at by the time you hear this.com. Um, the website is spelled with, and the Facebook page is spelled with the word you Y O U. If you want to catch us on the gram as Darren keeps calling it, um, he is on Instagram and he was on a trip in Charleston and just every picture he posted was like, like he posts at the custom office, like custom office for the gram. It's like just <laughs> angel tree for the gram. Like just everything was for the, and then he forgot to post for the gram once. It was like something I was like for the gram. He's like, everything's for the gram. <laughs> so shout out to Darren for the gram. Um, but if you want to find us on the gram, um, or if you want to email us at gmail.com, um, it is by the time you hear this with the letter U, And that is because, we're upstanding mm -hmm. and not under investigation or the influence. <laughs> Although he, I guess you can just renege now and just be like, yeah. I, 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 I didn't say that there's video <laughs> V is for video. <laughs> but if you want to listen to us on the go, as uh, Greg said, as most podcasts are speaking of which, what, what you listening to lately? Um, I've been listening to, um, trying to think what have I been listening to <laughs> uh oh there's a uh podcast that I, I'd rather enjoy called um maybe I'm crazy 
Okay. With Joy Taylor. Okay. And uh, Brandon Newman. Joy Taylor. She is Jason Taylor's sister, right? Yeah. She's on uh, FS1. She's on The Herd. Yeah, she Colin is. Colin Cowherd. I wouldn't I know because I don't watch it anymore. But yeah, she used to fill in for... Are she permanent now that Christine she, Leahy left? She's permanent now on the show. She was so, yeah. the she was like the co-host of The Undisputed mm-hmm. with Shannon and Skip. See how long she lasts. Like, I, I, I imagine that... Um, Christine Leahy probably wanted out of there as fast as she could. I guess is Colin Cowherd is the, is the step up, I guess, because mm-hmm. Undisputed is first take yeah. on, on FS1. Mm-hmm. But Colin Cowherd, I guess his show is like Dan Patrick. On That's FS1. what they're trying to make him. I, I just stopped listening. He's a, he's a hot take artist. He's and it's funny because he says he's not a hard take artist, but he's a hot take artist, and it's just. But you know what? Annoying to hear. You know who's less who's less tolerable than Colin Cowherd? Who? Nick Wright. Yes. Oh God. He's I think I was talking tolerable. to Chris about oh man, we should have brought that up. Yeah, Chris <laughs> yeah. was talking about I just I hate the guy. <laughs> he's just all he just he just loves LeBron. Just loves LeBron. I I saw a couple of videos. Some some people took the time to make videos. Oh on yeah, YouTube they just rip them apart. To where they like okay. I'm, like he like to where he only brings up certain points to where LeBron has an advantage over certain players. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, well, you know, uh, Jordan averaged three more points a game, but he took three more shots a game. It's, that it's doesn't mean very... anything. Uh, he, uh, LeBron scored more efficiently than Jordan. Their field goal percentage, career field goal percentage, is three tenths <laughs> of a percentage apart. Yeah, he loves LeBron. Um that's cool. She's got a show. That's good for her. I'm glad that I'm glad I like Joy Taylor. Yeah. Uh, but the, the podcast, the podcast is funny. Uh, they have, and their guests are, they have unconventional guests. Mm. Like they have, they have LeVar Ball. They have Michael Rappaport. I love <laughs> if, if you've, well, you have, but for anyone who's listening, if you've never listened to a, like a Michael Rappaport podcast or something, uh, the I am Rappaport podcast. That dude is hilarious, man. He is he's so New York. He told so the story funny. about how he he stopped, um, he stopped some guy on a plane from like he was trying to open the door while the plane's in the air. Oh god, he's trying to open the door, but he like he like stopped the guy from doing that. So Whoa. he's like a hero. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Michael Rappaport is awesome. Um, he was in the New Edition movie, right? Yeah, he was Gary. Yeah, he was Gary. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Michael Rappaport is awesome. Gary, who did not know what to do with black children. Nope, he did not. <laughs> not at all. Um, so, yeah. Um, check those out. And I've also been listening to... Um, um, well, I'll, I'll tell you about this other podcast offline. Okay. <laughs> um, I have been listening to... Of course, because I'm trying to stay woke and, and know what's going on, I listen to the Daily um, by the New York Times daily. It comes out daily. And I listen to – I've been listening to Vox Today Explained, which is basically their version of that. Mm. Um, what else? Because I know there's – I don't want to just sit on here and name news podcasts I listen to. Although the Daily is like a daily po- documentary podcast, I'm still listening to, of course, The Right Time with Bomani Jones um, just because I love it. Um, oh yeah, I listen to that too. And high noon. When I can, I listen to This American Life when they have a good episode that I like. Um, and when I can, I also listen to, um, and they did a phenomenal job on this. I got to listen to part two. Um, last podcast on the left, they did an episode, a two part episode about the death of Biggie and Tupac. It's very funny. It's very funny. Um, and then for some reason, 
Um, and don't laugh. Um, Dog Man Encounters Radio started showing back up. I don't know why. Hmm. Like he went to where he was only he was only giving them away if you were a subscriber to his website, and now it's it's back, and I'm so excited because that was like my favorite. Um, and I listen to I like Black on the Air with Larry Wilmore. I love that. I think he's the only. Oh, oh, and uh, Revisionist History by Malcolm Gladwell is probably the greatest podcast ever. Hmm. Very good. That's where I found out, which would actually be an interesting topic to talk about. Um, the last episode I listened to was called The Hug Heard Around the World, and it chronicled Sammy Davis, Sammy Davis Jr.'s life um, before and after his hug with Richard Nixon at the Republican National Convention hmm. and the struggles he went through. And it goes into race relations and everything, talking about um, when you're someone like Sammy Davis Jr. and the attitude of a, I guess, of a token is what, like, you know, like how they react in certain situations. I, I, I won't go into it on here, but I'll explain it to you offline, but it's very, it's very interesting. This podcast. Um, but we listen to these podcasts on our mobile devices. Isn't that right? Yes. So if you want to hear us on your mobile device, you can check us out on iTunes. You can check us out on the Google music app, Podomatic, listen notes. We can go and search for really anything that you're interested in and you can find a podcast about it, but search for us. So you can find us on there too. Um, we're on Castbox, TuneIn Radio, um, Castbox, Satchel Podcast Player, Auto Radio, Overcast, and really any um, podcast aggregate app that is out there. So check us out. All right. Um, so we're going to end the show. Uh, I had a second song for um, for Terrence Trent Darby, now known as Sananda Maitreya. Maitreya. Read my mind. <laughs> So, uh, Ben heard this song earlier. <laughs> so, <laughs> and again, this is called Oh Divina. This thing weird. <laughs> um, I think there's a ukulele. <laughs> so, we're going to play that and end the show. And uh, we'll talk to you guys very soon. Peace. Peace. Fundamentally sound. My karma's coming round. I'm not worried. Fundamentally. Except when I'm with you, my soul's excited.